0: All right. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. My name is Dr. Katie Olson. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and I'm joined by my wonderful (laughs) co-host,
1: Amanda Anguish, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So
0: the therapists are back for another episode. The ladies are back. (laughs) Yes, the ladies are back. And we have an exciting episode Mm -hmm. on a topic I know that I talk a lot about with my clients and I'm sure you Mm -hmm. as well, Amanda. Topic of boundaries.
1: Yep. Boundaries. The notorious boundaries. We all need them, but we don't all like implementing them.
0: (laughs) Most of us probably don't. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we have to talk about it,
1: right? Yes, we do. I think it's actually one of the foundations of a lot of things that we experience. We don't realize how much boundaries actually infiltrate our lives or lack of boundaries are affecting us in negative ways,
0: too. Now, let's start off with what are boundaries? Are we talking about fences here? Are we talking about no trespassing and our stay away? (laughs) Yes. What do we mean by boundaries in the context of mental health?
1: Okay. Well, I think – I know
0: (laughs) – it's not a good way to start when you're a therapist, I think. <laughs>
1: um, well, boundaries, we often think of them as like stay away, like putting up all of these walls and fences and stuff to protect ourselves. But boundaries aren't just for protecting us, they're boundaries for protecting people in general and stuff. So you protect maybe you, but also the people that are safe and healthy for you. So boundaries are about ha- letting the right people in. Keeping the wrong people out, letting the right things in, keeping the wrong things out—they're both personal boundaries for me, but they're also boundaries in relationship to other people too.
0: Yeah, and I think it's hard to give an exact definition because it's like this one word, but so much is included mm-hmm. in boundaries. And we'll talk a little bit about the different types and and so forth. Um, but I like that you said, you know, it's not just for us; it's for others as well, mm-hmm. and they're not just these hard, fast rules. They're guidelines, right? They're Mm -hmm. guidelines that we can live by um, in order to protect ourselves and our relationships and others.
1: Yeah. I think you were saying early too, how, you know, some people think boundaries are all about like stay away or something like that. But We don't want people to think that boundaries, like you're really good at boundaries if you have nobody in your life and you're at home by yourself and nobody's there to hurt you, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of thing. That's not necessarily a healthy boundary. That actually is a rigid boundary. And that is a good segue into what are the different types of boundaries? Because some people have really rigid ones, but I know there are some other ones that you could
0: share about. Yeah, so typically we think about Boundaries in the context of overly flexible mm-hmm. right? uh, not having boundaries at all, and really those are problematic because if you think about a property that doesn't have a fence, I know here in this area people will talk about their deer getting into mm-hmm. their gardens or so forth, yeah, in other areas it might be people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's this idea if we don't have boundaries, so we could either, like you mentioned, have overly rigid, big, tall walls, mm-hmm. or we could have none, and that both of those are problematic. So we have to find the balance.
1: Yeah, putting a Putting a fence around your garden that even you can't get into is not going to be helpful. (laughs) So it protects the garden, but it protects the garden from also having somebody to come in and water it and take care of it. And so it will die if there's no way
0: to get in to even help that garden. Yeah. The example I like to think about is like we think about boundaries being walls. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I like to think about it as like this fence with a gate in it Mm -hmm. that you have the ability to determine who comes in or out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times it's also you're giving others the opportunity to know the conditions of whether or not to come in.
1: Absolutely. So you might
0: say, oh, by the way, Amanda, my gate is open from eight to nine o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. Then you know, okay, I can come in at that time. It's not this wall of, Amanda, you can't come in at all. And so Mm -hmm. thinking less about boundaries in the context of walls that we put up, because we'll talk about this later on, but when we view boundaries in a certain light, that might be a barrier to actually establishing them. You know, that's really cool. I just thought of something while you
1: were saying that. You know, we have both you and I have boundaries every day, and those are the times that our clients come to see us. Can you imagine if we didn't keep to those times how much it would hurt us because people probably wouldn't come back if they're like, hey, I was supposed to see you at three and you weren't there. Where were you? And then other people who would say, hey, you know, you have all this time available and stuff. I could just come all day long and see you all day. Mm -hmm. But those boundaries are to help both us and to help the other person to know what to expect. And I love Mm -hmm. thinking of boundaries in terms of expectations and communication. Mm -hmm. And we have these in every part of our lives. Even when you get married, you have vows. Those are expectations or boundaries. The Pastor or whatever efficient doesn't say, I now pronounce you and whoever else you want to be with, including Amanda, to be your wife. You know, Mm -hmm. it's usually, hey, you and you are the ones getting married. It's not open for everybody else to be a part of this and stuff like that. So we don't realize how much boundaries are a part of every part of our lives.
0: Yeah. So we've highlighted there's overly rigid boundaries. Mm -hmm. They're overly flexible or no boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then you started to touch on the different types in regards to the different areas. Professionals, the one yeah. that you mentioned for mm-hmm. us, and not just overly flexible, but if we were overly rigid, Somebody needed that extra five minutes or so forth. That that's, We actually
1: have to do that. We yeah. have to have crisis hours available for people if we
0: take insurance. So. Exactly. So not overly rigid, not overly flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, professional, you mentioned. You started mentioning relational boundaries. Mm-hmm. What are other areas in which boundaries can be established?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, we, we can just generalize it in terms of physical boundaries, you know. Some people are comfortable with anybody hugging them. They're just like eager for that physical affection, but other people are not comfortable. Some people, I don't understand this, but they don't like massages. (laughs) I love massages, but there are just some people that don't feel comfortable. So their boundary would be a certain boundary within physical touch, but we do need some physical touch. You might need a doctor's care or something like that at some point, and they might have to touch you to care for you. But we also have mental and emotional boundaries. You know, there are certain things like I just cannot watch. I know that it will affect me. I might That's dream about it at night. And so even if, you know, the world has limits on, you know, PG or PG-13 or R or whatever, whatever. I have my own personal rating system based on certain things that I know just don't work for me or do work for me, and then emotionally too, how much I take on in a day—that's a personal boundary. But also how much I take of what other people share or how much I share with them too. I have emotional boundaries in what I share with whoever it is, or um, but then we also can have sexual boundaries. You know, like that's a physical one, and then. We can also have spiritual boundaries, too. I don't think we often talk about spiritual boundaries. You know, I know I need certain time where I'm not, you know, engaged in all kinds of other stuff. I just need my time with God and I, I need that in order to function. And so I set boundaries for time to read and pray and that sort of thing. And those are some spiritual boundaries, too.
0: Yeah. And it's so important that we have boundaries in all these different areas. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think about how often someone that's dating might have sexual boundaries, Mm -hmm. but emotional boundaries are also very important. How much am I sharing? Am I sharing too much too fast? Yeah. and then spiritual and and so forth. So mm-hmm. all these different areas are really important to set boundaries in, right? Every aspect of mm-hmm. our life should we should be setting boundaries.
1: I'm curious, Katie,
0: do you have a
1: boundary that you could share with us since I overindulged and shared my boundaries.
0: <laughs> well, yes, of course. Boundaries even just recently uh-huh. I'm setting more boundaries. So we were talking about public speaking earlier both Amanda and mm-hmm. I we do some public speaking and I got a call my work phone. I'm looking for Dr. Katie Elson and wanting to, uh, you know, have her come speak. And I was like, oh, excited for a moment. And I was like, Katie, what did you just tell yourself this past weekend? I cannot take on any more speaking Mm -hmm. engagements. And so setting that boundary, which in my, it's in my professional Mm -hmm. realm of life, but also then impacts other areas, my emotional well-being, it impacts. And I think this is a really good point that I didn't realize I was making until I'm saying it right now (laughs) is if you don't set boundaries in one area of your life, it then impacts the other areas. Mm -hmm. So if I don't set a boundary in my professional life, then it impacts my emotional health, impacts Mm -hmm. my spiritual health. I notice when I'm doing too many speaking engagements, I'm putting so much time and effort into those, even if they're spiritually related, yeah. but I'm not being fed myself. Mm-hmm. And I start feeling more anxious, stressed, and burnt out.
1: Yep. And I even got sick once because I put too much into one month and I, my it just drained my body physically and emotionally yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. That's an extremely important thing that we have to pay attention to because sometimes people get burnt out and they don't know why. Like, why is this? Why is this happening? I've been doing this at work all along, but maybe somewhere else in their life, they haven't been setting a boundary. And so it's encroaching on the work stuff, which makes work feel overly burdensome, but it's not the work. It was that boundary in that other area that they hadn't set that's
0: affecting the work, or your family, or whatever else it might be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the barriers or things that get in the way of setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. So one of yours and my favorite things is
1: talking about thinking. We <laughs> what no? It's it goes. It always goes back to what do I believe? What do I think? And those affect how I feel about boundaries and also how I implement or execute those boundaries or not. And so, some of the topics that, or some of the thoughts that we have that keep us from setting those boundaries are things like what if my identity comes from this relationship? It could be I'm a father, and you know, I need my kids to look up to me or something like that. And so we don't set a boundary because we're afraid our kids aren't going to like us or something like that if we set the boundary. Or work. I I so identify with this role at work that if I say no or I don't do it, then what if people lose their trust in me or they don't like me anymore or I lose this position because Maybe I think I got the position out of being there for everybody all the time. And so just these these identity issues, sometimes we don't think the right way about our identity Mm -hmm. and we associate them with always doing or pleasing or or even pulling back too much, too. It could be that rigid side of it, too. And so we have to be aware that what am I thinking about my role in life or my role in this area is that maybe why I'm having a hard time setting the boundary or a- keeping the boundary where it needs to be? So that's one example.
0: Yeah. And the what came to mind for me was moms. I call mm-hmm. it like the super mom syndrome where they often struggle with setting boundaries because of this mm-hmm. role that they have and the expectations that they have on themselves of, oh, I have to cook, clean Mm-hmm. Take the kids to their 10 different activities and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then also I think about students. When I was in graduate school, thinking about the expectations I had as a graduate student and I mm-hmm. have to do all these things. And so I didn't set boundaries around my emotional health or other areas that were needed.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's another one too. Sometimes we think you know, to ourselves, what if this is the best I can get? So we pull back on setting boundaries, too, because we don't want to lose this person in our life. And we think that by setting a boundary or implementing a boundary, I am going to lose this person. That's an irrational thought that keeps us from setting healthy boundaries. And maybe in that situation, we might need to talk with somebody to work through that belief or that thought to realize, you know, in actuality. I might actually have better relationships if people know what to expect from me. And I always, I always, you know, share with people what happens when you're trying to please people all the time. Sometimes you come off as fake, you know, because, wait, I said this to this person, but I said the opposite to this person trying to please them. And now I'm not being authentic with myself, and I guarantee you how many people like to be in relationships with people who are not authentic, who are playing a role versus being their true selves. And so sometimes actually setting that boundary makes it easier for me to have healthier relationships. But it's that belief initially that maybe this is the best that I can do that keeps us from doing that.
0: And key thing that you said there is healthier relationships Mm -hmm. because people pleasing and setting then a boundary, there are people that will walk away.
1: Yes. And that's because they benefit from uh-huh. your people
0: pleasing. And so that's an unhealthy relationship. So mm-hmm. I don't want our listeners or our viewers to think, oh, if I set a boundary, that's actually going to help all relationships. Yes. There are some people that are going to walk away. And those are the people that benefit from mm-hmm. you not having boundaries in the first place.
1: Yeah. Some people love it when you have boundaries because they know what to expect from you. Other people will hate it because they're used to manipulating and taking advantage of you. But that's cool. Go, bye bye. You know, if that's all they're there for, hey, you've just made yourself like that much lighter in life, not having to deal with those things. And we don't want to like encourage people to lose friends. That's not what we're trying to do. But sometimes we're letting go of something that's not healthy for us to make room for something that is healthier for us and also reinforces the belief that. Maybe I can have even better relationships because of that, too. Are
0: they really friends? Yeah. That's the question.
1: We have to redefine, you know, what friendship is to ourselves, too. So do um, you want
0: to do the next one? Sure. False guilt. And so we use the example of, like, you know, super mom syndrome, but also mm-hmm. this can apply to, to single moms. Um, if they have some sort of regret or past guilt, they might be so much trying to correct that by Mm -hmm. overindulging or not setting those boundaries.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I used to work in a group home with at-risk teens and we used to have this saying, we say, rules without relationship equals rebellion. Relationship without rules equals resentment. And so sometimes we want to compensate for, you know, oh, well, I didn't give them this, you know, or they don't have their dad around or we're separated or divorced or whatever. And so I need to make up for that somehow. And I always, I always say, tell your kid you're sorry about that. Start with, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't set up the stage for, you know, all the things I would have hoped you would have, but we're going to, from here on out, we're going to do the right thing now. And so kids actually appreciate those boundaries that they're not allowed to get whatever they want whenever they want. Or you don't want them to learn that it's okay to manipulate you and your emotions too. And so having those boundaries are really important.
0: And they may not appreciate it now, but one day they will. And I could say that I can think about the boundaries that my parents had. And I didn't (laughs) appreciate them in the moment, but later. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's rooted in um, selfishness, right? When we don't set certain boundaries. Is and not all. I'll mm-hmm. clarify that. But a lot of times we're thinking about the comfort of not setting, um, because what if my again kids don't like me or they're displeased or, yeah, it's it can be often for our own comfort, but thinking that it's for the benefit of others.
1: Yeah, and that that's that brings up that that you know really important um, thought that sometimes we're not setting boundaries because we want. We, we think we're helping another person, like we think we're making the relationship better, but in fact, we're actually hurting the relationship or we're, we're causing the person to believe certain things about relationships that aren't necessarily true. And I always say that healthy boundaries are always good for both parties. There's not one single boundary that's healthy that is only for you and not that other person. And I'll give an example. So if I want If I want my kid to clean their room, you know, and my kid comes back and goes, mom, you're so hard nosed. You don't care about anything but just clean rooms. It's clean room this and clean room that. And you just care about like whatever you can look at that makes you feel better and stuff well, I could feel very guilty, like, well, maybe I am too hard. Like maybe I'm, you know, it's too much to ask my kid to clean their room, you know, once a week or something like that, because obviously my kid doesn't like that. But if I start thinking about, wait, why am I asking them to clean their room? Is it really just because I like to see a clean room? Well, I do like to see a clean room, but how might this help my kid too, to have a clean room? And what if my kid having a clean room teaches them certain skills and habits that later on makes them a great roommate for the best options and, you know, renting a place or something like that or dorming with, you know, another student versus what if all the people don't like the mess that my kid is making and go, I don't want this room your roommate. And now my kid has to live with another slob because that's the only person that wants to room with them. These things go beyond just that moment and stuff of what we're hearing and the guilt that we feel. We really have to recognize that if it's a healthy boundary, it will be good for me and for them. Yeah.
0: And we'll talk in a little bit, mm-hmm. but just of uh, the steps that we can take to start setting boundaries. But We're highlighting a crucial kind of pre-step or step number yeah. one. You have to change your view of boundaries. If you mm-hmm. continue to view them as negative – You're not going to want to set them in the first place.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it just takes some creative thinking to go, oh, how would this actually help the other person? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we expend too much of our time and energy in a relationship or whatever that is actually leading that person to believe that, oh, I can have Amanda whenever I want or anybody whenever I want. And maybe that's not helping them be able to work out the stuff that they're actually capable of doing, but they just haven't done because I feel guilty.
0: Yeah. So the next one, mm-hmm. uh, time will make it better. Time heals all wounds, right, Amanda? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. time does
1: not heal all wounds. And sometimes that's why we, we keep ourselves from taking action and talking to somebody about boundaries because we're like, well, if I don't say anything, maybe it'll get better and and stuff. But grief doesn't get better just because we've grieved a long time. And the same way with boundaries and stuff too is boundaries don't get better because we give it enough time. We actually have to talk mm. to the person about our They can get worse over time. Yeah. Or you can invest more time and it gets worse. That's that's a sad thing is well, maybe I spent, you know, six months already thinking this was working and now I'm going to spend another six months, another year, another five years. Would that be better? And it still doesn't get better? No. So time does not make the boundary situation better. It's only talking about it and sharing with that. And I like how you highlighted
0: highlighted that if we have this idea that time will make it better then that results in not taking action mm-hmm. not setting boundaries and like
1: you said earlier sometimes it's a selfish thing i don't want to bring it up and so to i'm put just in gonna the sit on yeah i don't want to work at it and stuff so because th- it is work it is it unfortunately is. we talk a lot about work <laughs> but you get a dopamine hit from doing work <laughs> so there is a good even thinking about that is effective um this one's one of my favorites, fear of what might happen. Sometimes we have relationships where people are, you know, unhealthy in terms of substance abuse, or maybe we're worried they're going to be homeless or poor, or even worse yet, maybe they're going to do some sort of self-harm or suicide if we don't drop those boundaries or something like that, or don't implement boundaries at all. And so it keeps us from, well, it keeps us in a bad cycle of the relationship, but also keeps them from getting better too. And one of the things I like to share with people is that, you know, I, one of my friends recently told me that, you know, I think some rule that they were going to start, they were thinking of starting schools later, you know, so teens would get more sleep. And my friend was like, this is great. You know, teens are going to get more sleep. And I was like, No, that's not going to happen because the reason they're not sleeping is because they're on social media all night or they're on. Sadly, sometimes they're on the phone with their friends, like taking care of the crisis of the day it, because that friend is emotionally blackmailing them and saying, I need you. I'm going to hurt myself if you don't talk to me all night or keep me alive, you know, essentially. And sometimes the best thing to do in that situation is say, you know, are you really going to hurt yourself? If they say yes, then say, you know what, I need to get somebody else involved in this. And what I'd like to do is call the police and have them do a welfare check check on you and that eliminates you from the equation and often gives them the impetus to go okay maybe i'm not going to hurt myself i don't want the police it wasn't about the police somebody giving me attention it was about you and then that frees you up to also teach the other person and this is where the healthy boundaries has two sides comes in is it teaches that person that how would you feel if you only if you if you thought The only way to keep this person in my life was if I always had a crisis, if I was going to hurt myself. You wouldn't think very highly of yourself. So this is also helping the other person realize, hey, I like you. I want to spend time with you, but not at night from 10 o'clock until 6 o'clock in the morning or however long. We can talk during the day or spend time during the day, and that's a healthy way to have a relationship.
0: A supervisor once told me, you know, There's a difference between being nice and being kind.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: In the context of therapy, she was trying to teach me boundaries.
1: Absolutely. Being
0: nice is just going along with it, right? A lot of the Mm -hmm. enabling or people-pleasing behaviors versus being kind is, I'm going to do what's best for you regardless of how it makes me feel or the Mm -hmm. results that it has on me. So calling Um, for a welfare check, check, right? Might be the kind thing to do. Not saying anything might be the nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then one example that I think about the most when it comes to fear of what might happen are parents or loved ones of addicted, Mm -hmm. uh, of those who struggle with addiction. And when we talk about enabling behaviors, it's often out of fear what will happen and setting no boundaries.
1: Yeah. And then all you're doing is allowing that person just to continue in that cyclical pattern of, you know, being down and out, needing something, being down and out. But you might be keeping them from the point that they need to get to to go, I need help, like real help, not just money, not just somebody talking to me and listening to me go on and on about all my problems, but real actual help.
0: All right. Our last one, Mm -hmm. Amanda, what's our last one before we cover
1: Quick, some steps, yes. basic steps. So I call this the social media effect where we want to believe the relationship is better than it really is because of what we portray about it. You know, sometimes we, you know, dress a certain way or we look a certain way or we spend money on the outward stuff, but we haven't really settled into maybe my family is falling apart because we need to get our lifestyle in order. We need to set boundaries for Hey, we're not sleeping well. We're not, you know, eating well. Even though it looks like we're doing really well to the camera, we're not actually doing well. We're not communicating well. And sometimes that means setting personal boundaries. And sometimes it means setting boundaries for the family as a whole, too. But we don't want to have to do the work again. So we just take pictures and make ourselves look really good. But meanwhile, internally we're falling apart or as a family or relationship whatever we're falling apart so it means I have to actually admit like hey things aren't as good as I'm making them look like they are and so we do need to implement the boundaries to help with that and that takes us into so how do you implement a boundary
0: yeah so we already mentioned kind of a pre-step or step number Mm -hmm. one First is changing your perception of boundaries, right? They're yeah. not walls to keep people out. They're fences with gates, mm-hmm. giving people the opportunity to know how to have a healthy relationship. Absolutely. And so the first step really mm-hmm. is, well, you have to know what you want. You have to know what your goals are. You have to know what the boundary is.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that takes sitting down, just quiet time and going, what do I really want out of my life or what do I want out of my relationships or my work life or whatever situation it might be? That could be with a therapist or somebody that you can talk with that will help you figure that out for you. But just having that time to know we're not going to implement a
0: boundary if we don't even know why we're doing it. You know Exactly. And Hushing the different voices, right? Because people will tell you, you should or should not do this. When I think about like sexual boundaries, it might be influenced by Mm -hmm. different cultures, different religious beliefs and so forth. But at the end of the day, it has to be your own. Mm -hmm. You have to own it as your own boundary that
1: makes so much sense that you said that because we we are often influenced by other people and we don't realize how maybe unhealthy they are with boundaries too so we really have to figure out what it is that's important to us not anybody else just what's important to me maybe my family too because i'm making rules because i'm the parent or something but what works what needs to work for us not just everybody else what they're doing
0: and if you're a teen and you're watching or listening, really think about what you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I say that because the your friends, your fellow peers, even teachers or other people that are role models might be telling you you should or shouldn't do something. Mm-hmm. And later on, if it's not your own conviction, you could regret doing going too far or doing something And so it's really important that you think, what are my values and what are the boundaries that I want to set?
1: Mm -hmm. And not everybody who says, you know, things actually believes them. There might be, sometimes it's just the loudest people that are also the wrong people or the not the healthy people. So don't just pay attention to who's speaking the loudest. Sometimes, you know, you might be on to something, but- you don't realize it yet because you're not hearing a lot of other people saying it, but they need to see you do it, too. And that's another thing with boundaries is that it's awesome that by you implementing boundaries, you're also helping someone else maybe get the inspiration and, you know, the wherewithal to set a boundary, too. Yeah. So the next thing besides knowing what your boundary is. Is communicating it. You actually have to tell somebody what your boundary is. I know it's hard and you're not sure how they're going to respond, but you have to tell them. And I always I want to say this is this is really helpful. Try to do it in the least amount of words. You know, sometimes we go on and on and and then there's cracks in my, you know, at me saying it and somebody goes, well, wait, what about this? And you don't want to give people an opportunity to argue with you about your boundaries. Just say it simply and succinctly. Like, this is what I want and that's it.
0: And often we over explain or people argue because they get the sense that you're not actually secure
1: mm-hmm. with your boundaries.
0: So yeah. it's important that you're concise because you're secure. Mm-hmm. And even if it means rehearsing it, Um, Because sometimes it's hard to set boundaries if you're (laughs) Mm -hmm. not used to it. Be sure about it, then rehearse it, be as concise as possible, and Mm -hmm. then communicate it clearly.
1: And it's okay if people aren't sure if you really mean it, because you're going to show them you really mean it in the next step, which is have consequences for it too you can't just set a boundary without there being some sort of consequence and once you have that consequence and you share it with the person then you need to actually have show the person that you're willing to set that consequence too if they don't do it and it's okay if the person you know pushes at it a little bit it doesn't mean your boundary is wrong It just means maybe they're not used to you setting boundaries yet. They don't know you're legit. Like this time you actually mean it. And so having a consequence is how you let that person know that, no, I really do mean it and this is what I'm going to do.
0: And being consistent Mm -hmm. with following up with the consequences because we said it, we're secure Mm -hmm. or not so secure. We have the consequences, but then they push and they push. Mm-hmm. and maybe the third time the fence goes down, right. So what does that teach the person? Oh, I just have to wait 3
1: times at least before they drop that boundary and then I can get what I want. And so the more inconsistent you are, the more you're going to have to practice this, but on with that person, but the more consistent you are, the less they're going to try to, you know, pass that boundary because they know, hey, she means business.
0: (laughs) And earlier we said, you know, we kind of were harsh towards time. But in this case, time does matter. Time Mm -hmm. to practice boundaries. Mm -hmm. You may not get it the first time, the second time, the third time, but practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. And practicing, establishing, communicating And reinforcing those boundaries are really important.
1: Yeah, that just reminded me. I had a situation last night with my niece. I was on, you know, FaceTiming her and I told her, you know, if she's going to, you know, yell because she was being a little loud. I said, if you're going to yell, then I'm going to have to go. Well, what did she do? She yelled half as much as she did the time before. And I was like, oh, man, you know, (laughs) now what do I do? Because it's not really yelling, but it's kind Mm. of like that. I let her do it twice because I was like, maybe she's practicing like lowering it. And then I was like, no, I think she's pushing it to see if I really mean business. So I hung up on her because I want her to know like, hey, if you're going to yell, that's not conducive to having a good conversation and stuff and and then i could see like oh she you know she knew i meant it now and what do you think the next call is gonna look like yeah. okay auntie i won't <laughs> you know and that's yeah. the fun part about boundaries is like you get to see the results of that too but yeah. you have to do those two c's consistency and consequences consistency consequences every
0: time and someone might be thinking, wow, Amanda, that's so harsh. You hung up on your niece. But you mentioned mm-hmm. the after effects. So, in the beginning, it may seem harsh to set mm-hmm. these boundaries, but you're communicating to her what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Yes. And then she will learn. People mm-hmm. learn. Basically, we're communicating and teaching people, mm-hmm. right? What are the limits, the boundaries? The guidelines for having a healthy relationship
1: absolutely and she knows i'm going to call her because i call her all the time but she knows the conversation's going to be shorter and that's that's important and stuff fortunately she's almost eight so she's not going to remember this too long <laughs> it won't be one of those like oh my aunt is awful but even if she thought that i have time to prove to her in other ways that that's my boundary but i love you nonetheless
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now Amanda any last closing thoughts as we wrap up today's episode on boundaries?
1: I think the biggest thing that I like to remind myself to is as difficult as this boundary is, it really is for the other person. It isn't just for me. And so keep your boundaries things that you know that hey, it's good for them too. I don't want my niece to keep yelling, you know, at her mom or, you know, that's or yelling out loud and and stuff. It's good for her to learn to keep her, you know, her voice down and yeah. to talk rationally and logically and reasonably and stuff. And so that's a big one is just recognize that it's healthy for both parties. It makes the relationship
0: better. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would want to make sure we all remembered? Well, I, I think I just want to end with kind of a challenge. Okay. You know, kind of like therapists. We like yeah, to give homework. Yeah. <laughs> I think to just start thinking and brainstorming mm-hmm. what areas of your life, right, that they need boundaries. You mm-hmm. might say, oh, I'm actually pretty good in my relationships, but at work. Oh, my. So just start thinking about what areas. And Amanda, this applies to you, too, and myself, right? <laughs> yes. Thinking about the different boundaries I need to set. <laughs> I am thinking about it, as you <laughs> say. It. And then just start, choose one and mm-hmm. just start practicing it. Yeah. Over and over again, because then we start getting overly ambitious and want to put set mm-hmm. boundaries in all the different areas. But just start at least with one and reinforcing that, because mm-hmm. right? um, I hope that our podcasts are not just things that we listen to and it's wonderful on our way to work mm-hmm. or to school, but it's actually improving our mental well-being and our relationships. That's true. I remember when I was younger, there was this
1: cartoon called G.I. Joe. And they always ended with, and knowing is half the battle. And I was like, Oh, as a therapist, I'm like, Yeah, that's true. Knowing is mm-hmm. only half the battle. You have to actually do something with it, with, exactly. what with what you know. So go and do something with what you now know about boundaries. <laughs> Set boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Katie. It was fun to talk again as always of, about boundaries <laughs> of course it's always fun when we like our topics yes this much and we're it's like we all like <laughs> all of them we definitely we like all we of do. them but some are like just exciting <laughs> yes so but yeah this is something that comes up almost all the time with <laughs> almost with patients and yeah, stuff every literally client. it's a part of almost every session you mm-hmm. know how do i implement boundaries so well thank you for listening okay. and um and even watching those of you on youtube too and um We'll
0: see you next time. Yeah, I'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media or support us financially, visit the brainpeoplepodcast.com.